and welcome to the 101st edition of Downtime Podcast. I'm Jeremy, and tonight I'm joined by my very special guest, Jordan, my brother. Hello, Jordan. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. Uh, Jordan, brother of the show. He's been on multiple times, and uh, Elisa couldn't make it today. She's out for business. But uh, we're going to talk about some games that we're playing. We're going to talk about news. There's a lot to talk about today. So tonight we'll be talking about stuff that we're playing. So Jordan, what are you what are you playing right now? What are you playing? Uh so I am a big fan of the looter shooter. Looter shooter. Uh, so two games that I've been playing actively recently. Well, I, I guess there's three. Um so one that I've been playing for a while is uh Division 2. Uh and there's a supposed supposed to be an update coming up uh soon this month uh for the raid. So I've been playing a lot of that with some of my friends and it's it's really fun. It's got a lot of content. And then I've also been playing Destiny 2, and that's something that I haven't played for a while, but I've recently come back to because they've added some new content. So I've been playing some of that Mm -hmm. uh, with a couple friends, and then also with one of my other friends, I've been going back and playing uh, some of the Borderlands games. Okay. So how is, um, uh, what was it? Uh, What was the first game you mentioned? Uh, Division 2. Division. Have you played the first one? Uh, I have not. Oh, okay. uh, so this is my first time playing, uh, you know, getting introduced to this kind of game uh, or this style of looter shooter. I should okay. Say. Uh, and I really like it. There's a lot yeah. of content. So, yeah. so originally earlier, uh, I was playing Anthem because you know oh. that's that's a new looter shooter, <laughs> uh-huh. and I wanted to give it a chance. So yeah. me and a couple friends, we jumped into Anthem, and. Uh, all the criticisms are pretty valid, you know, the uh-huh. uh, optimization wasn't that great. And, you know, my, my rig isn't the most high end, but two of my friends, they have some really powerful rigs. And even then they were getting crashes and stuttering all kinds really? of issues. Yeah. Oh. And then, uh, I think the biggest issue for me was the lack of content. We got to the end game. There's like three stronghold dungeon type things to do. And you just do those over and over again in varying difficulty. And that was just like, this is, this is not really content. And then uh, a couple weeks later, the uh, uh, Division 2 came out. And boy, that thing has so much content. Like, there's so yeah. much endgame in Division 2. And then there's, like, PvP modes. And mm-hmm. there's, you know, you have your classic, like, deathmatch PvP or capture point PvP. But then you also have, like, what's called the Dark Zone, which is, like, this open world type PvP where you just kind of roam around. And if you run into players, you can fight them. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot. And there's, like, a lot of story content. There's... Dun- these end game dungeons that you can do and control points and just there's, there's a lot there's a lot of content so i've been it's been keeping me busy uh and hopefully the raid comes out soon so that'll be exciting um and then yeah for destiny 2 uh that one got pretty uh repetitive uh towards the end game but then again they've released some new content so i'm trying that out right cool cool and uh so you jumped off you jumped on the anthem bag and then you jumped off of it um and so you've been just going on a looter shooter binge, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, so I don't really collect a lot of things in real life. Like I'm not really much of a collector. <laughs> right. But for some reason in video games, I just I like collecting things. That's fine. And so I, th- there's other looter shooters I've played in the past. Like uh, I used to really actively play Warframe. That was a big one for me. Uh, and I still come mm. back to it every so often. But uh, that's that's just another one on the list. Uh, and yeah, like just all any kind of big looter shooter type game, I I'm willing to try out. Cool. So, yeah. And you're excited for Borderlands 3, right? Yeah, yeah. So cool. uh, my friend and I, we played through all of Borderlands 1 oh and all the all the campaign DLC. 
and then we played through the the uh, Borderlands 2, the main campaign. Uh, we haven't touched the DLC yet, but then my friend, since uh, he's played it before, uh, we were just replaying it, but then uh, he's never played the pre-sequel, so we're actually going through that too. Uh, and nice. pre-sequel and Borderlands 2 have pretty much the same gameplay. There's just some extra mechanics in pre-sequel, but otherwise they're pretty similar. So it's uh, it's hopefully preparing us for Borderlands 3 and, you know, what to expect and all that. Right, right. I read that um, David Eddings, the original voice of Claptrap, uh, he left Gearbox and he wanted more money because he was an employee at Gearbox and he just did the Claptrap voices more of like a favor or like, you know, like he, he worked there. Like, what's the, he, what's the point of just like... You can just like lend your voice, you know, it's fine. It's like working at a big company and being like, oh yeah, I'll play this character. And then when he left, he asked the CEO, Randy Fit- Pitchford, he was like, can I get some more money? Like, can you pay me for this? And Randy Pitchford's like, mm, nah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because um, there's a couple of voice actors that aren't returning right. uh, to Borderlands 3. One of them, so there's a, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who doesn't want to know much, but there is a character that will be showing up from Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, and I believe it's Troy Baker who does the voice, you know, pretty prominent voice actor. Right, right. And he's not returning for that role. And uh, according to Gearbox, he didn't want to do it. But according to Troy Baker, uh, they never asked him. So right, right, kinda, yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah. he's like, yeah, they never asked me. And I was like, whoa, that, there's all these tweets going off too. Like Dave, Randy Pitchford is like trying to cover his ass, but then it's not working. Yeah, and then there's the character of Tiny Tina who... The voice actress for her is also not returning. That one makes a little bit more sense since the character would be older. But right. still, there's like there's a couple of voice actors that aren't coming back, which is kind of weird. But it seems like there's some kind of drama going on there, but whatever. It sucks because yeah. like when, when you come to know a character and how they sound over a long time, it's just like, oh, I know this voice as this character. But then when they change it, you're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, and again, there's, there's always some drama here and there, or some issues that cause that. For example, I heard that... Uh, one of the actresses for what's it that game? Uh, Life is Strange couldn't return for one of the prequels or whatever because right. of like a, a, a acting guild strike or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, like there's always these behind the scenes reasons uh, for actors not coming back, which is uh, I guess understandable, but you know, it's still kind of disappointing. Yeah, I mean that shouldn't be indicative of the gameplay though. I still think. Like the the man hours and the people that made the game shouldn't define the game itself. Like shouldn't define your enjoyment of playing the game. Yeah. Like yeah. I I'm still gonna wait for reviews to come out for Borderlands Three, but that doesn't mean that I think it's a bad game. I'm still gonna buy it. Um, maybe I'm just gonna wait for the game of the year edition or for all the DLC to come out. I don't really know how I feel about the game yet since one hasn't come out and two I haven't seen too many details about it other than what's been released. So I mean. I know you're probably going to get like the the, the super special I, edition. Right? I want to. I yeah. haven't checked if they because I know they ran out, uh, but I, they're obviously going to restock. Uh, I haven't right. checked if they have restocked it yet. Um, but like the one thing that's bothering me about it is uh, like I don't want to talk too much about this, but the whole Epic Game Store thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But like the biggest part for me is uh, whether or not my friends buy it. You know, because I want oh, it's yeah, a co-op yeah, yeah. game and I want to play it with them. Totally. Um, but then like. Uh, if they don't want to buy it because they'd rather buy it on Steam, then obviously, you know, like, I don't want to spend a bunch of money and buy it on the Epic Game Store and then never play it, you know? Yeah, that that's so. honestly... So, yeah, that's the other thing with me, too, is I'm honestly just going to wait until it gets released on Steam. Because yeah. I, like... I, Elise and I talked about this before, but we both like when everything is, like, in one place as opposed yeah. to being yeah. having, like, 10 accounts or, like, Uplay and, and for, like, you know, for Discord because Discord has games now and, yeah. like, Steam and Origin and all these different services. It's, like... 
man, I, I could just have one, you know, and that'd be better. But of course, you know, that's not the point of capitalism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the Netflix problem, you know, like when Netflix first came out, right. it was, you get all the streaming, all stream all the shows that you want on there, maybe like Netflix and Hulu. And then now suddenly there's Disney Plus and then right. there's like CBS All Access and, you know, like there's just everyone's making a streaming service now and it's the same thing with like game launchers it's like everyone's making a game launcher now so it's like you have to have like 20 different game launchers like i use yeah. uplay and origin and steam and blizzard and like it's just it's it's annoying but yeah yeah like some games are exclusive to those services so right like you're never gonna, you gonna buy overwatch on steam it's always gonna be on the blizzard like, yeah, launcher yeah, exactly so, so i don't know yeah. It's like, what, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, some of the Bethesda games are coming out on Steam now because they're like, yeah, Fallout 76 is not doing too hot. Let's just put it back on Steam. Yeah, because Bethesda <laughs> had their own launcher too. Yeah. Um, but Bethesda's not doing too hot. They've gotten, gotten some controversy. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, we'll see what they do about that. Yeah. No, seriously. But I, I think it is good for Steam to have competition. But yeah. I just don't ag- agree with some of the way that they're handling it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like... The point of competition is you have two things that are sold in the same place and they compete for prices. Mm-hmm. But if you have exclusives, then that's not really competition, right? Yeah. Because then that thing is only being sold at one location. So therefore, you're not really competing for prices. Right. So Like uh, you're forcing people to go somewhere, not like asking them to come somewhere. You yeah. Know? It's not like, hey, buy from our store because our games are cheaper. It's, right. hey... Buy from our store because this is the only place you can get this one game, no matter how much we charge. And no one's going to buy it. Yeah, you so know? it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't agree with it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. it's I'd rather not buy the Epic Game Store version because, like, I have all the other games on Steam. Right. Like, I, I have all the Borderlands games. Uh, and they're all on Steam So for now. But, yeah. Like, <laughs> Unless Gearbox is yeah. like, hey, look at our launcher. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Gearbox had another game that they published recently, uh, Risk of Rain 2, that mm-hmm. I've played a lot uh, when it first came out. Uh, and that's on Steam. But I guess for a big game like Borderlands 3, they they made some deal. They so, sold out. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, the Borderlands 3, like, special edition, what does it come with? I don't even know. So it comes with, like, some big, uh, like, loot chest. Loot you know, chest. like, it comes okay. in a loot chest, you know, like, like in the games. Uh-huh. Uh, and then it comes with some figurines and some other collectibles. And, like, it comes with uh, the the game, of course, and uh, the season pass, so all the upcoming DLC. I assume all the, at least, campaign DLC. Right. Um, and character DLC, if they add any, which I'm assuming they will. Cause so, future DLC, any future DLC that comes out, you'll uh, get it? Any, yeah, any main future DLC. Okay, Sometimes they have, like, you know, random smaller ones. Like, right. uh, for Borderlands 2, the Game of the Year edition came with the two characters that re- they released, Gage and, uh, what's his name, Krieg? And mm-hmm. then they had the four different campaign DLC, which is a lot. Right. Um, so I, I assume they'll do the same thing with the season pass for uh, Borderlands 3. Cool. Um, and then they had some s- smaller spinoff DLC if you wanted some extra stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah. for the most part, I feel like four campaign DLC is a lot. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm always interested in whatever Gearbox releases for their special editions of Borderlands because one time it came with a claptrap. Like a radio mode control yeah, yeah, one? Yeah, for Borderlands <laughs> 2. And yeah. I, I wish I had gotten that one. But then again, like, I don't know. Again, I don't really collect a lot of things in real right, life. Right, So I'm not really sure if I 100% will end up buying the Borderlands 3 special edition or collector edition. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll, I, I have expendable income now, so maybe <laughs> I'll look into it. But That's how yeah. you feel about um, 
the Yakuza series. For yeah, Yakuza yeah. Six, they had a, a like a like an after hours edition, which is their their highest premium edition of the game. And I don't really buy those kinds of things because I don't really have space for figures, and I don't really like physical figures to put in places. Yeah. Um. But this one came with two like whiskey glasses, coasters, yeah. ice things. Like it was so practical. I'm like, well, yeah, I have to get that. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Like with a claptrap thing, I kind of understand. Like, oh, you can. You know, it's a remote control device. You can like you know go down the street with it and like that's in a way that's practical yeah. but if it's just like a statue to me like for me personally i'm just like i'm just, i'll just look at it and then that's it like I've, i'll get bored of it yeah i i would say it's pretty much the same for me like i don't keep figurines or things that, like there's plenty of people that do right I'm nothing wrong with that but yeah. i don't really keep that kind of stuff so i just thought about like maybe i try you know collecting some stuff from my favorite games but uh, i we'll see like i don't even buy t-shirts for games so, right yeah yeah, yeah. well you have that the manco t-shirt that i got you for your birthday oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. most of the t-shirts i've gotten that are game related are for like gifts but i don't right, right. usually actively seek out like video <laughs> like, game t-shirts you don't yeah. go to like hot topic and then like look at like oh i want that one like i mean not no I, offense I, to hot topic I, I used to actually go to hot topic <laughs> yeah. and just look but yeah. i never really went out of my way to buy, well, buy that, anything, that one, yeah. remember we would go to the one in the mall and then we would just go yeah, and yeah. then we would go to GameStop after yeah because it's right next to each other there's always cool stuff in hot topic but i usually don't buy stuff from there but i just like looking but yeah 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 i mean it's always cool to look at hot topic for a lot of like gaming stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, spencer's gifts is the same way because they have gaming shirts too sometimes and like gaming hats i'm like oh that's cool but then some of it looks like it's for like 12 year olds i'm like nah <laughs> which is weird because spencer's also has some other stuff <laughs> really adult themed yeah. stuff you know yeah. yeah um going back to your comment about troy baker i found out there's a uh, a channel on on youtube called retro replay uh-huh. and it's troy baker and nolan north playing video games together that's cool. And I started watching the series where they're playing Uncharted, the first one. And Nolan North, it's his first time playing it. And he's, like, giving you the history behind his motion capture work. Like, he's making comments about the different characters and the voice actors behind it. And, like, the sets they use. Because there's parts where he's, like, pulling back, like, ferns in the jungle. Yeah. Well, not ferns. I don't know what they're called. But, like, plants in the jungle. Yeah. And then uh, Troy Baker's like, so what, what was that? What did you... Would you push away? He's like, oh, there were uh, those pool noodles that made out of like foam. I like they like stuck it out and I just pushed it away. <laughs> I was like, that's actually kind of clever, you know? Because if you look at behind the scenes for any of the Uncharted games, it's just the main actors wearing mocap suits, yeah, running yeah. around in like these built sets. And then Nolan North was saying like, for the very first opening part of the first Uncharted game, you you escape into a plane, a seaplane, and they built this plane set like out of wood, just you know plain wood structure yeah, yeah, yeah. and so the actors can like react to the things that were happening in the plane as opposed to like sitting in just a chair in your living room yeah you know? because they feel like even for an actor it's kind of hard to completely imagine you know all this fake stuff around you you know right like even for like movies that are completely green screen or mostly green screen and stuff like that like i, I feel like it's really hard for the actor to just pretend everything you know they need some physical stuff to, yeah to play around with oh totally yeah so yeah, the, the channel is really cool. I recommend anyone who's a fan of what was it? What was it called again? Retro Replay. Okay, I'll, I'll it's look actually into it. yeah. yeah, they're actually part of Rooster Teeth. Oh, the channel is cool. part of the Rooster Teeth network. Yeah, I was like, uh, what? I looked it up. I was cool. like, what the heck? Yeah, and I think they're part of the Let's Play family. So they're under that banner, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's a part where um, they're playing the first Uncharted game, and Nolan yeah. North was like struggling jumping, and then there's points where he, when he gets frustrated, he'll like make fun of himself when he in the game, as well as like, Sully. Will he talk in the voice. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He does exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's like Sully. I found it, and then he's like Sully. I found it. He's like fucking idiot, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and then Sully, and he'll make fun of Sully's voice actor. Uh, I forgot the thing. His name was like Richard or something. He's like, yeah, Richard's a good guy. And then there's a part where he's like. 
Uh, he's climbing up a thing and he can't like Nolan North is like trying to climb up this like block or something, but he can't like do it fully. He's like, oh, fuck, come on, man. And then Sully's like, "Are you up? Are you okay up there, kid?" And then Sully, and then uh, Nolan North is like, "Yeah, I'm fine." Like in the game, uh-huh. and he's like, "Why don't you just come down here and kill yourself, kid?" <laughs> I was <laughs> like, "Oh god." <laughs> but yeah, it's really fun to see uh, Nolan North like play the game for the first time and like kind of go on the journey with him. And it's kind of cool because they named the playthrough like the Uncharted playthrough, the definitive experience because you're playing it with with the voice actor of you know Drake. Yeah, so, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it's super, super cool. I mean, they have a lot of other cool videos where like they're playing Goldeneye, like Slappers Only, and a bunch of other stuff that they both grew up with. And so it's kind of cool seeing, because uh, in, in the fourth game, they're brothers. They 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 play brothers. Like yeah, Nolan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nolan North plays Nathan Drake, and then uh, Troy Baker plays his brother. So yeah. it's kind of cool uh, seeing them like be buddies and like play games together. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, super cool, super cool. Yeah. Um, so. You, you're playing a bunch of looter shooters. Uh-huh. Uh, anything else that you're playing? Uh, let me think. Uh, oh, like- oh, uh, Hitman, too. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which you got me for my birthday. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm playing, I played, like, the first two missions. Yeah. Uh, it plays pretty similar to the first hit, the, well, the the Hitman reboot Hitman. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so it plays pretty similar, which, or pretty almost exactly the same. Uh, which is not a bad thing. It's basically just a continuation of that game, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, so far, you know, enjoying it. It's pretty cool. You know, it's got all the same features as the previous cool. game, as far as I can tell. Right. Oh, um, yeah. So, it's fun. So, the first Hitman reboot, which is called Hitman, is that a soft reboot? Because I know Diana is still in the game somehow. Yes, you're playing young Agent 47. Oh. Uh, who's discovering his past. So, in, like, the previous games, like Absolution or Blood Money, like, you're you're a more older, experienced 47. Right. Who, like, I guess already knows everything about his past. So, this is kind of, like, an exploration of that. So, it is technically a reboot or, like, prequel where you're going back and then Agent 47 is, like, Agent 47 and Dan are learning about his past. And then there's, like, this whole other conspiracy thing going on, but they're slowly unraveling that. Cool. Okay. And so Hitman 2 takes place after Hitman 1. So yeah, direct, like, pretty much directly after. It's still in the past then, right? Yeah, it's still okay. in the past. Okay. So, like, the this is, the story's pretty basic. So, right. you know, like, spoiler alert, but, like, it's really not that complex of a story. But basically, at the end of Hitman, uh, this guy goes up to Dan on the train, mm-hmm. and he offers her a mission to kill a guy uh and as payment uh he'll give her information about agent 47's past and so the first mission of the of two just picks up right at that mission where you're supposed to be finding out finding this guy that you're trying to kill that's cool see uh, what i like about hitman is that you don't really have to particularly follow the story it's more about how you execute the level yeah which yeah. is like the whole point of the hitman games is how you sneak past and like the different ways that you can accomplish your mission which i think yeah is yeah cool. it's not really much of a story driven game the story is there just to explain like why are you at this location why are right. you killing this person right um but yeah overall it's just it's just a fun game with all kinds of creative ways to assassinate people and like get out of situations like there's a uh in the first hitman game uh there was a like a challenge mode where mm-hmm. you had to kill people specific ways or do certain things. Um, and some were just made by the game, like, or, you know, by the developer. And there's others that were made by other users that you, they could submit. Wow. And so you could try that. Like there was one, I believe this one was made by the developers though, uh, where uh, there's this fashion show mm-hmm. uh, and it's like in this big fancy mansion, but the mansion has like a museum section and your goal is to go to the top floor and kill a guy but you have to kill him with a battle axe. Oh get, wow! That you get from 
the the museum area and one of the the conditions is you can't change your disguise so you just you can't obviously you can't walk around the suit with a battle axe so right. you have to find a way to sneak that battle axe up to the top floor and kill this guy with the battle axe okay <laughs> so it's yeah it's, that you one like put it in your challenge. suit or you, you're always holding it no right? it's big so you can't oh. hide it so you can't be seen with it so it had to do with me like breaking a lock going outside throwing the battle axe up a balcony and then going up and then throwing up another balcony and like getting it and then sneaking up behind the guy and killing him with it so it was, <laughs> it was interesting and then like i've done some of the user created ones one was like oh you have to snipe a bunch of people through this windows in this big building and like there's you know, it's it's pretty cool so yeah i like how they added like a sort of a replayability and they all also had a way to get like a community involved so it's it's awesome that's awesome that's really cool yeah so how do you sneak the bat the axe up it uh, it's oh, again it's mostly just like throwing it into locations where people wouldn't see it so, oh yeah so you just have to what do you mean like like after you kill the guy or well i mean you you just leave the axe there right yeah yeah oh, okay as long as no one sees when you like it, you can wait for this guy to go into a bathroom and then just like like <laughs> hit him with the axe and then just leave him there like as long as no one finds the body then you you win technically what what is the costume that you're wearing when you're supposed to be holding the battle axe uh, it's just your suit. Your starting oh, okay. suit. Yeah, you have to not get seen. You have to be wearing your starting suit and not get seen. Imagine being that guy in the bathroom. You look up in the mirror and you see this man in a suit holding a battle axe yeah. about to kill you. Yeah. You're like, what the hell? And then yeah, you just it's, die. It's pretty brutal. And the way that you kill people, like the way you stealth kill people, or if even if you like, even if they spot you and you kill them with the battle axe, the animation is brutal. Oh, like if you get behind them, you like put the axe on their shoulder, like you're behind them, and you put it on their shoulder and you like twist it and it like slices their neck. Or I think if they turn around, they see you. It's just a different animation where you like bury it in their head. And oh it's like, God! Yeah, it's 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 pretty brutal. The, Not for the faint of heart. The assassinations in, in Hitman are, are pretty brutal. Yeah. Before, I mean, they were they were pretty brutal like back then. But still, like I think they, over time they're like, you know, how can we make this uglier? You know? Yeah, yeah. I remember in Blood Money, if you assassinate people with a hammer, you just like jam it in their head. And, uh, it's it's man it's bad is that the hey there partner is that that is that hey, blood money yeah yeah oh, okay okay so, yeah. <laughs> the mardi gras mission um cool so you're playing looter shooters in hitman i'm glad you like hitman yeah yeah it's <laughs> fun yeah again it's basically the other game which is fine with <laughs> fine by me yeah yeah um, we'll see what the third one will be yeah, yeah. hitman 3 <laughs> yeah we'll see more guns guns on feet or i hope they guns. had like a co-op hitman that would be awesome if they had like it would, be, it would be yeah it would be trickier <laughs> to pull off oh man because you know you have to find a way to get both players involved equally right you know? right but i uh, you know i'm sure they could probably find a way like like portal 2 added co-op and i thought it was kind of weird to have you know mm-hmm. like how like how complex do the puzzles have to be to to warrant co-op play but they right. managed to pull off something like that so i i see the hitman missions is pretty much kind of like a puzzle so i'm sure yeah. they can find a way to make it require two people like one person has to hack a door or something and the right, other person right. has to go through or whatever or like distract yeah. someone else. or like there's two targets and they have to be assassinated at exactly the same time oh, that would be kind of cool yeah know? i mean we, we, yeah it's about time we see agent 46 and 48 right so yeah because they <laughs> it's 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 a stealth game for the most part you know like obviously you don't have to do it stealth but there's a heavy encourage heavy encouragement for that so i see it, it could be something like uh splinter cell you know like splinter cell was able to do co-op uh for some of its games so i'm sure Hitman can pull it off if they if they tried hard enough. Absolutely, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, come on, what was the studio Square that makes it? Square uh, publishes it? Or? Not anymore. Oh. They actually left Square. It's like uh, what's Iowa? I 
IO Interactive. IO, okay. Yeah, which used to be owned by Square, but not hmm. anymore. Uh, I forget who. I think it's WB has them now. Hmm. Uh, which is kind of yeah, and I it's it's IO Interactive, but it's IOI, which I think is the name of the bad company in a. Uh, Ready Player One. Yeah, so that's that's. I, was like, that's that, I guess it's just a coincidence. It's IO Interactive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah IOI. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I guess that's just a coincidence. Oh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. Cool. Uh, on my end, I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart, and yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I finally 100 percent of that game. Nice. 100 percent means getting all the gold kart items to me. Like there, some people are like, oh, you have to beat the staff ghosts on 200, but then for, I beat all the staff ghosts on 150 because I just. I, I that's the only way to get the gold wheels yeah the way to get the gold frame is if you get four thousand coins i believe uh-huh. and to get the gold glider i think it was like two thousand or three thousand coins or something like that yeah um but yeah finally 100 percent of the game um still a fun game like it has a lot of replay value and i can't stress that enough for like any mario kart game is like there's always replay value there's yeah. always new ways to keep playing the game and getting better at it um, so yeah, that's kind of like been like my my break game since I've been kind of busy with work and other personal life stuff. Um, uh, I'm pick, I'm taking a break from Sekiro. It's just I'm get, I get, I'm really <laughs> frustrated at a really certain like I'm still early on in the game. I'm really frustrated. So I'm waiting for the summer to yeah. come. There's there's uh, there's three games I'm trying to play this summer. One Sekiro, one is uh, Shenmue Two mm-hmm. on PS4, and the other one is. Um, what is the other game that I'm trying to play? Um, I forgot. But <laughs> there's there's two games I have in mind so far. Uh, yeah, Sekiro, um, Shenmue 2. Oh, oh, Judgment. Judgment is coming out uh, uh, what June. Is, what is that? I don't think I know that game. So Judgment is a spinoff of the Yakuza series. Developed, oh, yeah, developed okay, by okay. Uh, the same developers and published by Sega. And okay. it, you play a detective. You don't play a criminal. Well... I don't know if you're a criminal. I think you're just a detective. Uh, and, and yeah, you go around the same city that is in the Yakuza franchise. So, of course, there's like... That's, you know, it's a direct spinoff, but also it's a uh, it takes place in the same world. So, there's like a lot of crossover with... I'm sure there's going to be other characters. Okay. Um, and there was a whole scandal that happened in Japan uh, a month or two ago. And there was this famous actor. His name is Pierre Taki. And he played one of the main bad guys in the game. Uh-huh. And... Uh, he was caught doing cocaine. Oh, I think I heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sega went and redid the model. They pulled the game off the shelves in Japan. Um, it still hasn't been released in the West because it releases on June twenty yeah, fifth. Doesn't Japan have like really strict drug laws? Yeah, like, they really they crack down on that kind of thing. Oh yeah, if you're if you're a public figure like a comedian, celebrity, newscaster, and you have some dirt on you, like really bad dirt, either like cheating allegations or doing drugs, then they're gonna like sever ties with you, and you're like, oh fuck, you're you're you're, you're messed up. You know, you're they don't want to associate themselves with you because they pride themselves on really having a really good image. Yeah. So Sega yeah. distance themselves from this guy and this guy, I think he's still being on trial. He might go to jail, all that stuff. And so what they did was they just took his model and just changed the face a little bit and they just <laughs> replaced the actor. Yeah. So I, no one knows for sure if the, if the disc that comes to the West will have the original model, if you don't update the day one patch, because there's going to be a day one patch for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we don't know if he's still in the game on the American side, but it's probably going to be that he's patched out completely at this point because, like, the yeah. game hasn't. The game will come out next month, and there's more than a month away until that time. So I'm sure there's there's a point where they you know make the game go gold and they release it to everyone. Or I'm sorry, not release it. They they get it ready for mass production. So yeah, 
Uh, yeah, and so I'm looking forward to playing that game, just seeing that character, because he's voiced by someone else now. <laughs> I don't know how crazy that was to do in Japan, because they pulled the game off the shelves, and then they, they, I don't know if they restocked it, and then had a big giant download patch where you have to like download the new model in Japan. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it was this whole crazy thing. So it's even more of a reason to buy the game and play it and see where... You know, they they made all the changes. Did you did you get Red Dead too? No, I haven't yet. I'm still waiting. See, that's another game. That and Spider Man are on my list. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the summer and and fall are gonna be packed because I'm also gonna get Shenmue three in in August, mm-hmm. and that'll be fun. Um, yeah. Aside from Mario Kart, I've also been playing uh, a little bit of a Hat in Time, the mm-hmm. game that you got me for my birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah the game is really fun. Uh, it's, it's just like a throwback to like old like N sixty four or like PS PS one or PS two uh, side or sorry uh, platformers. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels a lot like Mario sixty four with a dash of Banjo Kazooie. And I want to say this out right now, and people are, people are probably gonna hate me. It feels more Banjo Kazooie than Ukulele does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and because I played like thirty minutes, no, I played like an hour of the Ukulele, and I was like, this is not the same thing which you know my argument also is if you want to play banjo kazooie just go play banjo kazooie but yeah. still like the whole point of ukulele being developed is because the guys at rare that were frustrated with how rare was developing were like we, we want to make something that's like banjo kazooie but not exactly the same uh-huh. but have the same magic yeah. i don't know this game just didn't do it and you ukulele just didn't do it and i've gone on and on about it but i don't want to beat a dead horse yeah yeah that's what i heard Oh man, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and oh, I've been playing um, Mountain Blade Warband, but I've been playing mods for it. So I, I, <laughs> I, to... I don't know when that game's gonna come out. The Bannerlord, Bannerlord yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for it, but uh, Warband is still a pretty good game. I'd say, like gameplay wise, like graphically, of course, it's not gonna hold up to a lot of titles today. Oh, yeah, it, it looks like PS1 era graphics. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you and I have played a lot of Fire and Sword, so I yeah, mean, we yeah. we both know how the game mechanics work, and Warband is no different. I've been playing um several different i've been playing four mods but not at the same time mm-hmm. so i've been playing one which is uh based in like edo period japan with that's cool the warring states period the whole map is like looks like japan all the buildings there's a bunch of mods that are put into the whole mod itself like sub mods that make it like a little bit better mm-hmm. like a better clan system and all that and i've been playing a, i've also been playing a mod that is based on like 1860s america which is like okay. you, the whole map is the united like the southwestern and and uh so midwest Civil part War? yeah and then uh so it's the south it's the eastern part, the southwestern part, the south, uh, the Midwest, no western part, because I guess they didn't get there at that point. I don't know. Uh-huh. And then uh, there's Mexico and a little well, a little bit of South America. And the whole yeah. mod is like there's the Union, the the South, um, the Confederates, I mean, um, the American settlers, there's a Native American tribe, uh, and then there's the like i think they're like french mexicans i have no idea but they, they're like they're they're in mexico but they have the french flag so i'm kind of confused okay um so then i i joined the union abraham lincoln is like the top dog there and then i i became a general in his squad and then we i single-handedly took down like some of the southern like bases and so we decimated the whole south like the confederate army and so they're all gone uh-huh. we won but then the native okay. americans and the american settlers declared war on us okay <laughs> but a lot of the settler and uh union bases are right next to each other so there's like constant conflict <laughs> and but here's the thing the settlers and the native americans are also at war with each other so they're both declared war on us while they're still at war with each other so there's this weird like triangle <laughs> it's like weird. messed up yeah and then the mexicans are looking at us like what are you guys doing <laughs> 
yeah, so that one is kind of fun. Uh, you die really easily because there's only guns and like there's really minimal sword use unless you get really close to someone, then they'll pull out a sword. Yeah. Um, so that's that, that's fun. It, and then there's a, a Star Wars one that I started playing. Oh yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's like the whole the whole like known Star Wars galaxy from like everything from like the movies, but also like um, the uh, extended universe stuff. So stuff from the books. Uh-huh. And then I've been playing um, uh, one based on Game of Thrones. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Which is a little bit of Essos, but of course, all of Westeros. Okay, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man, I I cheat a little bit to just kind of see where the main characters are in uh-huh. there. And I went to the north. There's no White Walkers. I was like, what the heck? Maybe I don't know. Maybe they didn't spawn yet. Um, I went to the I went to uh, Castle Black, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I just went all around trying to like just see different characters. I went to uh, King's Landing, and I saw the Iron Throne. And there's a bunch of people like in front of the Iron Throne. I was like, if I get past there, they're gonna stab me. So I just went up there and, and sat there. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tywin was the one who's there. He's like, he's the head of uh, of uh, uh, King's Landing. King's Landing. And then, yeah, he's like, what do you want? I'm like, oh, hi. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so each each mod is a, its own game. Yeah, that's... W- w- yeah, which is crazy because you know there's a samurai game, there's a western game, there's a Star Wars game, there's a Lord of the Rings mod, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's like the the op- the opportunities are endless. Like there's, there's so many different things you can play in that game, and e- like I don't think I can spend too much time playing it because there got to a point where when I was playing the samurai one, I spent like half a day. This is like years ago, half a day just like playing that all summer. Uh huh. Doesn't make any sense. But I spent all summer playing that for most of the days in the summer. Yeah. And then uh, what happened was I became my own emperor and I took over most of the the eastern seaboard of Japan. Okay. So my color is red. So the the whole empire like spread out most of Japan. I was like rewriting history. I like killed like Tokun- Tokugawa and I was like taking over all these cities. It was cool. And right now I'm like, damn, what do I do now? Because if I if I take over each city, there's like. 12 different clans if i start war with one then i still have to go to war with the rest of them yeah. my goal is to eventually take over all of japan but it's so hard because even w- within my own party there's internal conflict where the uh-huh. generals don't like each other yeah because some of them are this is messed up some of them are foreign and then the, <laughs> the japanese ones don't like the foreign ones okay i'm, like, this I, is I'm too- sure that's historically accurate, yeah yeah probably. i'm like this is this is too weird <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it's so cool so far, and I'm I'm trying to stay away from that. So in a sense, I'm not really hardcore playing any games right now. I'm kind of just like dabbling in a little bit of everything that I just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, that's good. You know, it's sometimes if you uh, get too much into a game, you can burn yourself out, and I've experienced some of that uh, every so often. But yeah, like I think it's good to have a variety of games to play. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, now we're going to go on to a section called Cube Corner. Cube Corner is a section where we talk about GameCube games, uh-huh. uh, particularly some that we, you and I have grown up with, but also some that, as you know, I've been like buying over time because I yeah. just want to buy more GameCube games. Yeah. So today is kind of relevant. We'll be talking about something after this. Okay. Where is it? It is... Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the reason why I'm talking about this one today is because last time I talked about Sonic Adventure um, DX, Director's Cut. Uh-huh. Now, it's a kind of cheating a little bit because uh, both Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 did not come out on the GameCube initially. They came out on the Dreamcast. And uh, 
that is a console Jordan and I have had a lot of time playing with. But we actually, I think we played more Sonic Adventure 2 Battle than we did Sonic Adventure. Yeah, and Battle's kind of like an expanded version of Sonic Adventure 2. But I believe Battle exclusively came out for the GameCube. Yes, that's correct. That is correct. Um, it's a GameCube-only game, which is awesome. Um, each character has like different items that you can get that are that kind of differ from the original Sonic Adventure. There's like a multiplayer battle mode, which hence yeah, why it's called yeah. Battle. Um, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of new features that came out for the for uh, this version. Um, so Sonic Adventure Two Battle was released uh, on the GameCube in North America on February 11th, 2002. And I think we bought it around that time, like probably yeah, like for my probably, birthday or something. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, development took eighteen months, and it was produced in San Francisco. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was inspired by San Francisco, but also Yosemite National oh, yeah, Park. That's true, yeah. Because I know Sonic Adventure Two has like a ton of like San Francisco type imagery. Right. There's that one. There's a one level radical highway where you're shadow and you go it's on like a golden, like the golden gate bridge yeah, looking yeah, yeah. thing. And then there's also the first mission where you're running down that the gun truck is chasing you and you're running down the streets and it's yeah. definitely like the hills of San Francisco, you know. <laughs> that's kind of scenery. That so fun fact about that, a lot of people that I've talked to when I mentioned Sonic Adventure Two or Sonic Adventure Two Battle, they always know that song. The first song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, City Escape. Yeah. Because like apparently a lot of people played this game or at least played a demo of it because that was the only level they had and they're like oh wow that song is like peak 2000s i'm like yes it is yeah <laughs> that's like very, what that's like 2000s. all about what the 2000s were about like rock and roll like sonic sonic sounding music um yeah and i actually didn't put two and two together that sonic adventure 2 was developed in san francisco uh and that the levels are based on that until like later on in life i was like yeah. oh yeah the level where your tails and you're running around and shooting things in the city like that is totally like you know san francisco and even the prison level that's alcatraz oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know i'm like oh wow this whole game is based well, except for the the egyptian parts that's not san francisco yeah, no. <laughs> you know like this is 100 percent san francisco um so yeah um sonic adventure 2 and 2 battle are differ different from their predecessor because they're more of a linear title they yeah they, there's no hub world yeah there's no like open hub world where you collect stuff and do things to progress the story it's um like choose like a, a side like a hero side or a light side and then play the missions and over time you know they'll get harder and harder and harder and each character you play will do different missions and or will have harder missions so in um in in this game you play as sonic of course but also his friends uh, mm-hmm. Sonic levels are pretty much the same as the first game where it's like you run really fast. Um, each level is pretty quick and there's some segments where you have to like collect stuff. Um, Tails, he's actually different in this game. Instead of just running around and spinning your tail like in the first game, yeah. you actually are in a giant mech suit, which is actually kind of controversial to a lot of people that uh, played this game because they didn't really like those segments. But I'm like, whatever. Um, the the way that Tails does his gameplay is really similar to that of E102 Gamma in the previous game where you yeah, hold B. Shoot things. Yeah, you hold B, you lock onto things, and you just release it. And then all these like little missiles will come out and, and destroy the robots. And then we have uh, Knuckles, who goes around and flies around and finds stuff, just like the previous game. Um, you don't really play as Amy at all, right? No, not in this game. You don't play as Amy, um, you don't play as Big. But each of the... Ca- so yeah, there's, there's the three character types with the three different mission types. And then on the dark side, you have their counterparts who have similar, pretty much similar play styles. Yeah. Sonic is Shadow, Eggman is Tails, and Rouge the Bat is uh, uh, Knuckles. I think Rouge is 
her first appearance was in this game. In, As in is two, Shadow. At least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Shadow, same with Shadow. Yeah. Shadow and Rouge were their first appearances in this game, which is kind of cool. And uh, I mentioned this before uh, on the previous um, Cube Corner segment where we talked about Sonic Adventure DX. The the Sonic anime, Sonic... What oh. is it called? Oh, Sonic, Sonic X. Sonic X, yeah. yeah. There, there was a story arc that mirrored... Um, Sonic Adventures 1 and 2, which I thought was pretty cool because yeah. it was like exactly like the games. And I was like, I appreciate that, you know? Yeah, and I think eventually they added characters that were featured in Sonic Heroes, which was the game after this. Right. Uh, which was like Charmy B and the, the Chaotix characters. Yeah. Um, I will talk more about Sonic Heroes in our future game, but um, people don't people want Sonic Adventure 3, and I'm going to tell them right now, like, it's Sonic oh. Heroes is Sonic Adventure 3. Yeah, and uh, like Sega has, doesn't have a good track record of making good Sonic games nowadays. I know. Um, so. Well, part of the reason why Sonic Heroes is labeled as Sonic Heroes and not Sonic Adventure 3 is because Sega was afraid that if they label it 3, then people wouldn't buy it because they were like, oh, we, we have to buy the first two games, which is entirely not the case for any sequel game. Like More people played Red Dead Redemption 2 than Red Dead Redemption. Even yeah. though there was a 2 next to it, people still bought it without yeah. knowing the story. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I guess yeah. It depends. Like, if if you hear that a game is really good, people will buy it, even if it's a sequel, unless it's something like very story driven. But otherwise, if you're just playing it because it's a good game and it's fun gameplay, like I bought Destiny two, I never played Des- the first Destiny. I bought right. Division two, and I've never played the first Division. Yeah. So it's just like if you just hear a game is good, then why not? You know. Exactly. So uh, Sega was afraid that their marketing wouldn't work. And so they were just like, oh, Sonic Heroes. And that's basically Sonic Adventure 3. So for all those people that are clamoring, oh, we should play Sonic, we, we need Sonic Adventure 3. I'm like, no, you already got it. And you didn't realize it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, some another returning feature of Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is the Chow Garden, which oh, was yeah. also present in it's, the first one. It was definitely improved in, in 2. Yeah, um, you can go boxing. You can go racing. There's yeah. a bunch of little like mini games you can do. I think you can do those in one as well, but I don't remember. I, I think you just took care of it. Yeah, I don't think this is. It wasn't as complex. Like right. you couldn't do as much. Um, um, and then you can like turn them into animals if you give them if you collect the animals that you rescue and then turn them into like they'll, they'll, they'll get those certain features from right. the animals. They'll like adopt the traits. They'll like hug it and kiss it. And yeah, then and those turn give them it. different stats. Like, right. I remember the, getting the bunny was important because Makes the bunny has Sonic. speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It turns them into Sonic. Yep. And so yeah, the Chow Garden was definitely improved, and a lot of people like praise this Chow Garden as opposed to the first one. Yeah. But I didn't really take too much time into it i just gave one i ignored all the other ones and gave one just the bunny over and over again until he turned blue and then i was like you're gonna win all the races and he won yeah, all the races. it was a nice little mini side game type thing yeah totally uh another secret feature that came out was if you collect all 180 emblems in the game you get a 3d version of green hill zone from the first sonic the hedgehog oh game. yeah yeah i hope we've ever got that. we've never done yeah, it i've only seen videos that. on youtube and i'm like how do i do that you know yeah. um uh yeah Overall, the game sounds like a Sonic game from the previous one. The same exact composer, uh, John Sonoe. He does a lot, a lot of the like, you know, rock music mm-hmm. for it. Um, a lot of memorable songs come at, came out of this one, too. Um, yeah, I mean, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was a pretty solid game. The multiplayer was cool. We played a lot of multiplayer. Um, you could be like Metal Sonic. You could be like Chaos. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be Chow's driving mechs and shoot things with it, which is kind of weird. Yeah, there's like alternate characters you can play for each of the modes. And they were, yeah, it was kind of like, uh, you could, uh, it was basically like story missions, but they took 
place in locations that weren't in the main campaign so that was kind of cool like you i remember for the knuckles slash rouge uh gameplay one there was like this big giant space map that was always fun to play on right and that yeah like that wasn't part of the main game but it was just like uh a level they made specifically for the multiplayer and that was really fun was that the one with like the moving platforms in the lava yeah yeah and then there's like uh planets with gravity that you go on oh that one was the best one yeah so like it was that it was they did this way before mario galaxy but like you could there's like different like asteroids or planets that you could hop on and there would be gravity so yeah like you you could run all like all around the whole sphere and you wouldn't fall off and then you just get off by jumping on one of those jump pads that get launched to another place with gravity right so yeah oh man i remember that now that was so fun a lot of people give this game shit, but I actually liked it a lot. I liked both uh, Sonic Adventure games and Battle, of course. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so that has been this edition of Cube Corner. Thanks for joining me, Jordan. Of course. Yeah. Um, okay, on to news. There's a lot to cover today on news. Um, right. The biggest thing that I want to talk about, we'll kind of save it for last or whenever we feel like it, but... Um, yeah. Uh, continuing the Sonic theme, what uh-huh. did you think of the Sonic trailer and the 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 feedback that they're going to change the model of Sonic? So they, I don't know how to feel about it because it's like a lot of people are like, oh, good on them. That's awesome. You know that they're listening to fan feedback. I think there are two downsides to this. One is that it sets up the precedent that if you complain enough, they'll change things for you. Which, right. Like I don't think that expectation should be created. But like you know, if something's really bad, like you know, maybe you should change it. But I don't want. I I hope fans don't take away that. Oh, we should just complain about everything so that they'll change it. Because sometimes, uh, for movies, the a trailer will come out and people are like, "Oh, I hate this. I don't like this actor. I don't like the way they portray this this thing or this character or this setting or whatever." And then uh, usually they just stick it through and then see if people like it in the actual movie or not. Uh, but for this case, I guess because there was so much backlash, they decided to change it. Uh, but I don't think it should be creating. I don't think it should create an expectation that fans should just complain enough when they see a trailer, you know. Um, but on the other side, it sucks for the animators, you know. Like it, the director, I believe, is the one who said, "Oh, we're gonna change it," but he's not the one changing it. Like he's not the one that put all the work animating and designing the character. Like right, he, just, yeah. he just gave it the green light. Right. So there's gonna be some people that. Uh, have to you know the work their asses off if they want to meet the same deadline uh to you know reanimate it and do all that unless and here's the conspiracy theory unless they had another character model already and they just have to swap it out no i and, see like, you heard of that too yeah, <laughs> where, they're, where they're playing people yeah. and they're like oh like oh well people didn't like it so we'll fix it when all along, they already had another character model ready, just in case. You <laughs> did know? you did you hear that from the Funhouse podcast or something? Because uh, <laughs> I heard that's what they're talking I, about too. Yeah, I've heard the yeah, yeah. Funhouse podcast, but yeah. I've also I've seen it on Reddit. I've seen oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I've yeah. seen it all over the place where people are like, "What if? What if secretly they're just tricking us and they deliberately released the bad version so that uh, it would get you know publicity?" I don't if if 
I think that might be partially true, the, the whole theory. I don't know if they would deliberately release the bad version just to people have to just to have people hate on it and get extra publicity. Right, right. Um, but I would not be surprised if they had multiple designs already and they have another backup one just in case. Yeah. No, I mean, I can totally see them doing that because, you know, bad bad publicity is still good publicity, you know? Yeah. And that'll just make your movie even more. But also changing the model thing, like, that's also bad for from a merchandising perspective. Like, what if these people already made the models? Or like the t-shirts toys? or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Now you're stuck with this weird-looking Sonic that wasn't in the movie, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... But, I mean, if, if there's this much backlash, then people wouldn't have bought that merchandise anyways, I guess. So, I mean, you're going to have that one, that middle America parent that's like, Hey, Johnny, you like this little Sonic character? Yeah, daddy! And he's, like, wearing it proudly because he thinks that's what Sonic looks like in the games because he doesn't know any better because he's only, like, eight... And then, yeah. and yet he looks at it. He's like, "Oh shit!" When he grows up, he's like, "I can't believe I wore that." Yeah, and and like uh, another p- comparison that people make is like Detective Pikachu is coming out this weekend. Right. And like people who've already seen it or seen the trailers, they're like, "Why couldn't they just do that?" Like if you look at the Detective Pikachu trailers, right? They just keep the exact same design. You know, like the same three D design of all the Pokemon, like from all the games. Right. And they just add like fur or scales or make them kind of shiny or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, but they look exactly the same like they would in the video games. So, like, why can't they just do that with Sonic, where he just looks like he would in the video games, and he just has some fur, Just you know? do that, add the Sonic X character of, like, Christopher Thorndike, and then <laughs> and then put him in Sonic Adventure, and then that's the movie. All the th- all the trilogy of Sonic movies, Sonic Adventure 1, 2, and Heroes. There you go. And that's a movie. Like, even if they fix <laughs> Sonic, I don't even know if this will be a good movie, because they're doing the whole, look, he went to the real world trope, uh, and that's such yeah. an overplayed and kind of dumb trope like it's just more interesting if you do it in the world of this character i don't know in my opinion and it rarely works like i think they did it with smurfs and they did it with like uh (laughs) yeah fat albert for some reason yeah that's right Uh, he went to the real world yeah the only time i've seen it work the whole like oh they're like a cartoon or video game character or tv character and they went to the real world is like maybe that disney movie enchanted but that movie was deliberately making fun of that trope. Right. Like it was yeah. a parody of yeah, that yeah, trope. Yeah, 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 yeah. But otherwise, I feel like that trope just doesn't really work. So I don't know why they're doing that. Was that, was that also James Marsden in that movie, in Enchanted? Yeah, he put oh Prince, my God. I think. Yeah, I think I think that's him. And I, apparently he was also in a movie where this like 3D bunny, Easter bunny, was mm. in the real world or something mm. like that. So like... I don't know what James Marsden was. He, what's I he mean, doing? He, he was he was Cyclops. He got the Westworld gig. I mean, yeah, I mean, like he's on, not man. a bad actor. No, like he's not, not a bad at actor all. at all. Not at all. Like he's making some weird gigs. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> His agent's like, James, I got an idea for you. Sonic, and he's like, yes, <laughs> yeah. I love Sonic. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do anything you say. <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? Even for low pay, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I, I, I even if they fix it, I don't even know if it's gonna right. be a good movie. I. uh well, but Jim Carrey. How do you feel about Jim Carrey? He feels like '90s Jim Carrey. At first, I was I was kind of off-putting because I was like, eh, doesn't, he doesn't look or sound or act like right. Doctor Eggman. But I mean, if you think about it, Eggman doesn't really have much of a personality. He's just generic villain. Yeah. So maybe Jim Carrey's take on it will be more interesting. But yeah, he's basically just Jim Carrey playing <laughs> Jim Carrey in his '90s roles. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, the last frame of the trailer showed him in the in the full like Doctor Eggman getup. I yeah. thought that was cool, but he should have been like that the whole movie instead of like seeing yeah. how he becomes Eggman, you know? Yeah, they, they could have done it the reverse way where the movie takes place in the Sonic world 
and uh, Dr. Eggman is the only human, came from the human world into the Sonic world and just have the whole movie in the Sonic world. Right. And that would be more interesting, at least from my perspective, to see the whole Sonic world and see other characters and that'd be kind of cool. I don't know. They're doing this whole real world thing and Mm -hmm. we'll see. So uh, James Willems uh, from Funhouse was talking on their podcast and he was like, this is what he thinks the story is going to be about. And he's probably right. And I want to bounce this off of you and see what you think. So he thinks that, Sonic, you know, he caused a blackout in the western part of the United States, or yeah. just North America, and then they're like, the government's like, okay, we have to call someone, and they're like, we don't want to call that guy, and then Dr. Eggman comes, yeah. and he's like, alright, I'll find him for you, but it turned out that he had a Chaos Emerald, and he's doing experiments, and he did an experiment that went wrong, and that's why Sonic is in the real world, because he came from another dimension to be in our world, Yeah, and the whole the whole thing is about him, like, Dr. Eggman working with the government to find him on the on the the, the premise that he, oh he's just looking for Sonic like trying to help him catch him when yeah. in reality he's like trying to cover up a mistake he did and the last frame that we see of him as like the full Eggman outfit standing in like this mushroom zone yeah. you know like from one of the levels in Sonic the early Sonic games yeah. is because he he did another experiment with the Chaos Emerald in front of Sonic Sonic or like maybe Sonic went like found a way back yeah or Sonic like collected all the emeralds and then became Super Sonic and that and then they fought but they fought so hard that Eggman ended up in Sonic's world, you know? And then it'll lead up to some inevitable sequel. It'll, it'll, show, it'll show Knuckles and say, oh, I'm here to... He'll talk to Tails and be like, oh, I'm here to talk yeah. to you about the, the Heroes Initiative or something. And it'll show <laughs> Knuckles and be like, do you know the way? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't make reference to that, I'll be like, what, uh, what is this movie? Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I'm sure if they're smart or want to be clever or please fans, they'll sneak some Sonic memes in there, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe, not the, maybe not the Knuckles yeah. one, because that one's kind of offensive. Yeah. But, like, there's plenty of Sonic memes, so maybe, well, they'll, maybe they'll throw some stuff. Well, I mean, just the image of that small Knuckles, you know, is just even enough to acknowledge that, you know? Like, yeah. not even saying the voice, just, like, having that, like, that, that squished-looking Knuckles. Yeah, yeah. You know, or even just saying, like, do you know yeah, the way the, or something? The, the, as far as I know, the Sonic Boom TV show, actually, yeah. like, makes references yeah. to the memes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's kind of funny. They're like, they're like, oh, it was better the last time or something. Like, they, they talk about it, like, you know, they talk about their own games in a really self-referential yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, and then Sonic mentioned something about, like, oh, people drawing him weird on the internet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that, too. I thought oh, that was really oh, cool. Oh, um, there's a... There was this one podcast I was listening, or this this YouTube channel that I watched called Screen Ju- Screen Junkies, and they were talking about uh-huh. the Sonic stuff. And they, they, they were saying, like, there's this mini game that you can play where you type in your name in Google and you and you put the Hedgehog afterwards and see what shows up. Because apparently, a lot of there's a lot of Sonic fans who make up their own Sonic characters. So if you type in so and so the Hedgehog, something something will come up. Yeah, I mean, there's so, a there's a really there's a lot of yeah. really big fan art behind the Sonic um, community. And people creating their own characters, and then when Sonic Forces came out, like that was that was their chance to create their oh, yeah, own character. You make your own character. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not that saying, not that I'm not trying to say that like they made their drawings come to life, but like they they definitely had a chance to like make their own character in a in a Sonic game. Like, yeah, I did it. You know, I mean, more power to you. But still, like, I'm not about to Google my name right now and be like Jeremy Hedgehog. <laughs> it's gonna be. I don't. Something I don't know. Will come up. Something, something will come up. Some disgusting fan art is gonna come out on Rule yeah. Thirty Four or something. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so, uh, cool. So, Sonic the Hedgehog trailer came out and all that stuff, and, yeah, it sounds like we're both, like, pretty skeptical about it. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I'm. It's not something I'm waiting, like, I'm dying to see, you know? It's not something that I'm probably going to see on the first day unless it's so amazing that you got to go see it. But, yeah. like, I, I... You already have Detective Pikachu, another video game movie, coming out. So, I feel like that one's going to take 
the spot for the video game movie of the year. <laughs> I mean, I mean, video game movies need to win, and I hope Detective Pikachu is the win. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the next two topics I kind of want to talk about are a little bit of a downer. Uh, the first one is the right employee walkout. Did you did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I heard about that. I've seen all the inside gaming stuff about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it sucks. You know, it sucks when you can't do anything about it because your your voice is really small in the sea of like bigger voices. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, people were talking about gamers or not gamers. Well, the game developers like going into a union and unionizing and doing all this stuff, but. Um, all, all these other people are saying no, don't do it because like they want the game in- games industry to stay the same. Yeah, sucks because uh, you know unions have their pros and cons. But like if you're getting all these uh, developers or just employees of game companies like you know having to deal with all kinds of like crunch time and abuse and sexual harassment and stuff like that, it's like something's got to be done about it, right? Otherwise, like I I I, I went into college with a computer science major with this whole idea with a lot of CS majors uh, of like, oh, I want to develop video games. Like, I want to get into the game industry. But now looking back on it, I'm kind of glad I didn't. Right. (laughs) Because one, you have all this crap going on, you know, with crunch time and harassment and toxic culture. And then two, a lot of game studios have been closing. Telltale. Look at Telltale. Man. So, like, it probably, you know, if I went into the game industry, I don't know entirely if I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's uh, it's just so unstable right now, the video game industry. Yeah, I mean, like, this day and age is a really good time to be a consumer and a fan of video games, a yeah. player of games, as yeah. you will. But working in the industry, like, lately has kind of had a lot of negative feedback. Yep, yeah. And it, it's weird. It's a weird trade-off. Yeah. Because it's like... If you provide, uh, you know, game dev employees with, like, you know, unions and better pay and less crunch time and things like that, then games are going to be more expensive and games are going to come out slower. And so it's like, from a consumer, at you know, you want your games to be coming out really fast and you want uh, your games to be cheaper, but there's a human cost to it, you know? Exactly. And so it's like do you want to help people or do you want faster and cheaper games? And so it's, it's a, it's a moral conundrum, you know? Yeah. I mean, Activision Blizzard is no, is, is no like saint when it comes to this, even like, um, even like infinity ward, uh, what's the other studio respawn entertainment, even rockstar, like rockstar produces really good content, but then it came out that they were spending like 150 hours a week. Like one person was doing that. To like yeah. make sure the game came out on time and making sure all everything functioned correctly. It's like you know these games look so beautiful and there's a lot of work that goes into it, but people really don't know how much work and time goes into all this. Yeah, stuff. and then there's a the whole scandal with uh, Epic Games too. Yeah, yep. people like Fortnite is so successful because it always has new content to keep it fresh, but then that comes at a cost where people are just like, spending a hundred hours a week working on something and that right. sucks. You know, like, I wish every game had updates every week. That would be amazing. Yeah. You know, but someone has to be pumping out that content, and those people are going to be overworked, and that kind of sucks, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's... People don't always think about, you know, the other side of it, right? Like, a lot of people complain about uh, movies or TV shows sucking, but, you know, there's there's a probably behind-the-scenes re- behind reason for that, too, you know? Like, yeah. there's budget costs, or there's... Uh, not enough time to work on something or you know people are overworked and some things don't just just don't work out so it's like 
there's, there's, there's always this behind the scenes uh, cost or effect that people don't really consider. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't understand that um, the, the games industry uh, could be a toxic place too. You yeah. know, not just like what you explained, but also because, you know, these things end up being like feeding grounds for like sexual harassers, hence the riot thing. Yeah, you know, it's like their way of coping with all the stress and all the the, the toxic culture is to like I guess sexually harass people. Uh, yeah, you know I guess your 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 instinct to come out of that is just to like go back to your basic level of just harassing and molesting people. Like <laughs> not that that's a good thing. No, yeah. not at all. But it's just like it's just weird how those these things connect. Yeah, and um, and I I don't know the statistics, but I assume the game industry is primarily male dominated. Yeah, but obviously there's still plenty of females in it. It's just yeah, when you have a culture like that, then you know you could get some. You're bound to get some bad eggs of you know douchebag guys, and mm-hmm. you know you have a few women in there too who have to become you know targets for these idiots. So yeah, no, absolutely, and and not just the games industry, but like the media industry as a whole. Yeah, yeah. you know because it's like you're. I don't know what it is. It's just like you're surrounded by people that consume a lot of content but also producing content and you know like in the movie industry like with the whole hashtag me too movement yeah you know like that and the, the whole thing blew up because of it was like public it was publicly you know recorded by a lot of people and started people started coming out after one incident came out um and it's kind of actually something that we're going to talk about in a bit yeah um, but one thing i wanted to take a note on was that uh one one way to not deal with all the stuff in the games industry is to be an indie developer and that itself is also is actually harder than being like yeah, working in a triple a AAA studio but one guy is doing really well and the guy that created stardew valley because he is yep. he is his own studio eric barone i think he goes by concerned ape uh he's up in seattle and he works on the game by himself he like he creates everything by himself yeah. you know and that's the only way that you could avoid everything else that's toxic in the games games industry is by being your own boss and maybe just not even working with other people. Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, there's plenty of big names who made it, like Notch, the guy who made Minecraft. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Minecraft's owned by Microsoft now, but originally it was an indie game made by one guy. Um, Scott Coffin, the guy who makes Fred, five, uh, five Nights at Freddy's series. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He made the games on his own. Like, yep. obviously, later down the road, he like hired, you know, like other people to help with voice acting and things like that and media. Um, but otherwise, it's pretty much a one-man show. Um, but yeah, like there's there's a couple people out there who just like make get a big break and they make some really, you know, successful games. Um, and some of them get bought by bigger studios or bigger companies. Um, but yeah, I would say the vast majority of indie games probably don't make a lot of money. You know, right? Like all the shovelware, like on Steam or like the yeah. And some of them, you know, aren't that good to begin with. You know, but then I'm sure there's plenty of gems out there that just never really get the attention because they don't have the money to spend on marketing or they don't get lucky and some big name influencer doesn't discover it so kind of sucks like right there was a game um that we got a while ago necropolis oh yeah it's yeah, kind of yeah. like a dark souls light uh, uh what's it cell shaded rpg kind of game or dungeon crawler kind of game mm-hmm. um, and i i found that game really fun and i was hoping that they would update it more but I guess the company just didn't really make a lot of money off of it, so they mm. never really continued it. Oh, but, man. I, but it was a really fun game. Well, it was fun yeah. while it lasted, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always a gamble with stuff like that because, especially on Steam, when you see early access, like you and I, we kind of do our best to avoid as many early access stuff as we can because you don't know yeah. if when you buy it for like, I don't know, like 50 or maybe less, like 30, 20 bucks, then it's going to be good or not. Like if you play, it's going to be good or if they don't yeah, update it a lot. Because like, most 
like frankly most early access games i've seen they either come out and then they don't really update it anymore and there's not just not that much content or they just never really come out of early access right so you know when you have your daisy standalones which Ugh. i guess got released a while back <laughs> yeah but I it know. was in early access for a a long time and that that dude uh he left the original creator i forget yeah. what his name was but he left the project and i feel like that kind of game is not really popular anymore I think. oh no no yeah. yeah that game made PUBG. i was watching a documentary about brendan green uh player unknown yeah and he was saying that he played a lot of daisy and what they would do is they would they would make their own server and they would spawn loot everywhere and so that they made it so that the zombies weren't a problem the point of the game was to kill the other players yeah and that was the whole point and like like from that he made his own mod and then he made uh you know ultimately made a player unknowns battlegrounds and so that's why like you know PUBG didn't do oh no, i'm sorry that's why daisy didn't do well after a while is because people lost interest yeah because it's if you think about daisy is basically just long long form battle royale you know you collect a bunch of loot if you run into other players you kill them uh you just run around an open world so it's it, it's like a bigger kind of more empty version of a battle royale so right. battle royale kind of replaced that right and definitely PUBG replaced that because like yeah, they had, the play they had, style, yeah. yeah they had everything that uh daisy had like, minus the zombies you know they had like they had guns they had cars and they had vehicle like just different vehicles and yeah and the gun gun plays pretty similar gameplay right gameplay wise all that oh yeah i mean you and, and we talked about this, about this before but you and i played a lot of PUBG mobile with our cousins and so you know we yeah. could, we got a taste of it which was fun um yeah. uh but yeah, no, um, cool. So, I mean, Elise and I always tell people, like, if you want to go into the games industry, do it. Like, follow your heart, follow your dream, your passion, your destiny. But just be aware that this is how the industry is for the time being. Yep. Hopefully it'll change in the future. But for now, like, just we unfortunately have to accept how it is. Yeah. And we'll see. Hopefully all the attention that it's getting it will cause some change. But again, uh, only time will tell. Yeah. Okay, so the last bit of news that I want to talk about is actually pretty big. It just it uh-huh. came out recently, came out yesterday that this happened, um, uh, and this is gonna be kind of a sad, disturbing one. So uh, you can fast forward this part, but we'll get to questions and comments later, which is actually a lot better than this. But okay, so um, it came out that there's a prominent YouTuber. His name is Jared Knobenbauer, and he goes by the name Pro Jared on YouTube, mm-hmm. and he made a lot of like different like he made a lot of really good video essays and a lot of really informative videos and really fun videos you know a let's play channel he did all this stuff um and yesterday he tweeted out that he and his wife her, her name is Heidi and she's a well-known cosplayer mm-hmm. that they were getting a divorce and so when he tweeted that out um his wife who was also on Twitter was tweeting out like he abused her he like assaulted her um that he had this tumblr where he like had a bunch of nudes of himself okay. that he was like posting on there but also like nudes of other people and so he made a snapchat as well where he was sending like snaps of dick pics out to his fans and some of them were underage okay yeah and on twitter he was doing this too like dming people i think and so it came out and she was saying all this stuff and then other people started raising their hands too like hey he actually sent me dick pics and he sent me pictures of all this stuff and yeah. you know he abu- he kind of like you know it's not seduced me but like you know sent me terrible pictures when i was like 16 or whatever and so uh i when i when i saw this news i was like 
like this guy like this guy seems so genuine and wholesome and like i loved all of his content like he was such a cool guy like he had he had like this whole like red room set with all these games and he always wore the same shirt and he was yeah. even on that nickelodeon show game shakers he was like he had a cameo there where he played himself you know uh-huh. and i was like man this guy he's like borderline pedophile or he could be a pedophile like it hasn't come out yet and he yeah. and he's been saying all this shit about his wife and then the, and then his um his fellow normal boots um like friends were also defending him like peanut butter gamer he was defending uh-huh. him i was like what but then he deleted all his tweets that we were, where he was defending him and i was like oh my god this is such a shit show um yeah yeah and so and i told you this and then you're like holy shit another jared <laughs> yeah yeah what is that the subway guy yeah, yeah the subway's jared turned out he was a pedophile or something like he that. was like, like he had like 10 terabytes of the like child porn or something yeah and i was like how do you get 10 terabytes but yeah. like it's 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 sad and it sucks that this happened. And and in the beginning, I was like, I don't know who to believe. Like, do I believe the wife because she was like saying all the shit about him? And she was the only one that was loud. Jared wasn't saying anything on Twitter. He wasn't saying on anything on social media. The only thing he said was, "I'm getting divorced. If you hear anything, like, believe what you want to believe. But like, that's it. Like, I'm not going to say anything else after that." And I was yeah. like, "Okay." He hasn't posted a video on YouTube in four months, and his subscriber base went down by like he he basically he was at like more than a million subscribers this uh-huh. morning and throughout the day today he dropped like to 900,000 so okay. people were actively unsubscribing from him today it's crazy and okay this is kind of weird but like i i was actually curious like is her story correct like you know we 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 were like messaging each other earlier today like we need to see evidence before we know this is true yeah People were on Twitter were posting the not safe for work and the safe work versions of Jared's like naked cosplay like dick pics okay. that he was sending to people. And it was him. It was literally him. He looks like a vampire because he's all pale. And I was like, oh, this is gross. I didn't see the I didn't see his dick. I only saw like the part the pictures where they covered it with like, you know, like the the black like marker on yeah, your phone. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, I felt really disgusted looking at it because even though I knew that they blocked it out, I could be like I could still think like, why would why would you do that? You know? Yeah, and that's the thing, is like like I not that I expected this of someone like him. Right. But I'll just gonna say I'm not shocked. Because you can never really tell, you know, like these, these, these guys are like public internet personalities. You can never really tell what they're like in their personal lives or behind the scenes or whatever. Right. Uh, and so some, some of them inevitably are going to be creeps. And it's just like, that's not that surprising to me. Um, like I'm not super familiar with, uh, pro Jared stuff. Like I've, I've seen his stuff, but I don't actively yeah. follow him. Um, but again, like I'm like, you know, he seems like a cool guy and he's right. got some good content, but right. again, you never really know. Like there was that one guy, what's his name, Austin Jones or something like that. He's like some. Oh yeah, acapella, I saw that. he went some, to jail for ten years. Yeah, he's yeah. some acapella YouTuber. Right. Again, I've seen some of his stuff, but I don't really actively follow it. Right. Um, but yeah, he was like flirting with underage girls and having them send him like you know inappropriate pictures of themselves and stuff like that. And like he was found guilty. Like he right. he admitted to it. And they, they he's found also a pedophile, he, right? Yeah, 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 they, yeah. They sent it like like he explicitly sought out these girls because of their ages Ugh. so it's, Ugh. yeah so he, he he was caught and convicted and then uh the other channel that i talked about a while ago uh screen junkies mm-hmm. um that one of their creators andy signore he's like one of the guys who founded screen junkies the oh, channel no. which is like a like a big channel on oh, youtube no. um he was also found to be abusing his power like uh you know sexually harassing fans sexually harassing employees um and the like the 
it really shook up the company because like you know it's this big community and he's like he hosts some of their shows and he's like this really nice friendly guy right, right. you know no one thought any, he was capable of that kind of thing and even like the other employees the other co-hosts and stuff like that where they when they finally talked about it they were like yeah this was this was my boss this was also my friend this was someone i trusted and i mm-hmm. didn't think he was capable of this kind of thing mm-hmm. and it's like and again for him for his case these are just allegations he never got you know convicted or anything of that but he did get fired but still like it's a lot of smoke for there not to be a fire, you know? Yeah. Like when yeah. you have so many people coming out and saying, Hey, this person did this to me and they have like text messages and things like that. Right. Right. It's like, I don't know, either this is some really crazy misunderstanding or they've done something sketch, you know? Yeah. So it's just like for a lot of people to come out and say something, there must be something going on. That's yeah. Right? That's the part. That's the point of when I believed it. When it, cause in the beginning I was like, man, maybe she's just saying shit. Like, yeah. Like if it's just one person, right, maybe, yeah. maybe they're just trying to make someone look bad like because they had angry. a falling out. Yeah. 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 But when you have other people saying, Hey, here's, here's the stuff that they sent me. And I also experienced some random crap. Right. It's like, uh, that's something must be going on. Like, all right, Jared, how many years are you going to prison for? You know? Yeah. It's like, especially when they're underage, like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? I know. It doesn't matter when they were underage. The fact they were underage when you did it is the worst part. Yeah. You know? And, Yeah, like I, I couldn't believe it either. I was looking at the the pictures of him on Twitter. Like he's like wearing different cosplay outfits with his dick out. He was just naked. Like he was taking selfies in bed. And I was like, and I was like, what the hell? And his wife knew about it, but she didn't say anything because he, I guess because he was a public figure or something. Yeah. yeah. But then it, it only now is when it blew up, and she's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're getting divorced. I'm just gonna say whatever I want because I hate you, and you're a terrible person, and you've always been, and everyone needs to know that. And so, I mean, honestly, this this is probably gonna end his YouTube career and his career as a whole because. Everyone's yeah. gonna know him now as the, the 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 guy that showed his dick on Twitter and sent all these little kids mess like messages and pictures of his dick. And he, the other part I didn't mention was that he was cheating on his wife. Uh, I mean, if he's doing all that <laughs> stuff, I'm not surprised. I know, right? The, the ball just keeps rolling and bigger and bigger for this yeah, guy. Like, he, so he was cheating on his wife with this girl named Holly, and Holly yeah. was married to Ross from Gang Grumps. Okay. Yeah, and so we don't know if when they were married. When Ross and Holly were married, if she was cheating on Ross as well, or if she broke up with Ross and used like Jared as a rebound, uh-huh. so we, no one knows. And, and but everyone knows for sure that Holly and Jared were were cheating, having an affair. Yeah, they're having an affair. While he was married. Exactly. Everyone knows that for sure. And Ross on Twitter was like, yeah, I don't really care about this, so just leave me alone, and I just want to make art and make everyone happy. And everyone's like, okay. So they just left him alone. But then, like, uh, Holly, his ex-wife, like, this morning I was looking at her tweets, and she's like, oh, she's like, please leave me alone. Like, uh, this is a situation, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I refreshed it after a couple hours, and her Twitter was locked. (laughs) She's So clearly there's something going on that no one's saying. Yeah, and it's just like he did all this crap, and, like, and it kept going and going. And did he think he was invincible? Did he think that no, it would never come up to bite him? Like, yeah, it's, it's not like he's some super rich, powerful billionaire who could just pay people off and make it go away. Right. You know, like, he, like doing all, so much to so many people. It's like, it's going to come and bite you in the ass. Like, how, it's, it's stupid. Not that I'm condoning you should do this. But, like, he just did it in a really stupid way. And it's like, how did you not think that this would come back to you, you know? Yeah, and you're a public figure, first of all, you know, and and everyone looks up to you. There are people that look up to you. And your career is, is... is based on people liking you and watching your stuff. Exactly, yeah. So it's not again. It's not like he's just some worker at some company and his his personal life is completely separate. Like like people subscribe to him and watch his stuff because they care about him and his life and you know what he does and and what he cares about. And it's yeah. just like 
I, he just shot himself in the foot. Yeah. Or in the face, I guess. So <laughs> shot himself in the face. Yeah. With his like, own load. Wow. <laughs> like that's ah, so so stupid. Yeah. And I'm not surprised again because I feel like you have these creators out there who I don't think him being famous turned him into a creep. He probably no, just no, no. always was this douchey yeah, person. Exactly. Um, but then when he got this power, this influence from being, you know, semi-famous on YouTube, right, right. like it, it, the temptation allowed him to abuse it. And again, that's what happened with all these other creators who've again, been caught up in this whole, you know, sc- all these scandals. It's like they, they're these creeps who get a bunch of power and have a bunch of fans or people that work under them. And suddenly they think they're invincible and they abuse that power. It's, 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 it's disgusting, but it's also so stupid. It's just so stupid. Like, yeah. Well, I don't know what they're thinking. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just like, if you, if you have that weird kink, like just keep it secret, you know, like you don't have to tell people. Like, I don't understand why you, you knew you were famous and you're still doing it. And you didn't think that those people would say anything. Yeah, if like, you send pictures to people on the internet, it's pretty much impossible to, to to delete like those pictures will exist you know like any picture any scandalous pictures that he sent people they're always gonna exist so it's like yeah it's it's, it's dumb yeah it's just dumb just don't don't stuff. do it don't take any nude selfies don't don't do dick pics just don't do it the ba- that's the best way to avoid it is just don't do it yeah you know like, <laughs> then it's out there and yeah. you can't take it back yeah <laughs> i mean the, the old the old saying goes if it's on the internet it's gonna be there forever so yeah you know, so even out. if it's like a Snapchat, people can screenshot and save Snapchats. Yeah, like, I'm sure. Know. And then Snapchat still has it in their servers. So yeah, like it's still evidence. So <laughs> I know, right? If they make a court case against you, yeah, yeah you're I, fucked. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's it's just so incredibly dumb. I agree. I, I I just you know I I don't understand what goes through their head when they do it, especially after they're famous. Yeah, like is the thrill of doing this so great that you ignore the the obvious logical ramifications of it right like i I just i don't get it you'd think someone like him would be a smart guy too but i guess not i guess he didn't consider all these factors i mean i mean see now people are like what about the completionists what about pbg like are they gonna come out and be like oh what if something happens to them because like john tron you know the whole thing with him happened it wasn't as bad it's a different scenario yeah he was misinformed and ignorant and all that stuff but that doesn't like that's completely different but like you know the internet dissed him and he distanced him distanced himself for a while and then came back and everyone's like okay i guess you're fine now and they don't really care because they care about john tron the entertainer not, not john tron the person yeah you know but with jared it's like this is him as a person you know, this is not his online persona that people are hating. People are hating him because of the things he did. Yeah, and it's it's different when you just say some messed up things than when you're actively like abusing or harassing other people or, you know, like when you're when it's starting to affect other people, other individuals, I think that's when people it crosses a line, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, the same thing has happened with actors and things like that. Like there's been like Again, not getting too much into it, but there's been some high-profile cases where actors' careers have been destroyed or directors or producers or whatever um, because they had these allegations and because, like, even though their work should be separate from their personal life, it crosses the line when you're hurting other people. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, just look at Harvey Weinstein. Just look at the whole case. I mean, that that's just a really good example of... Uh, yeah, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, well, you know, like, at least his work is separate so we should just let him keep his job it's like no he's actively hurting people and it's related to his work it's because yeah. he had that job that he was allowed to abuse that power yeah and so that crosses the line people shouldn't mm-hmm. support that you know you know like yeah, exactly and back to your the first thing you said like you know even though they might look really nice and friendly on camera like behind the scenes 
You never know what's happening. I didn't. I really didn't expect this to happen to Pro Jared because before this, I thought he was just a really genuine dude. Like I yeah. thought he was really nice. And I was like, okay, he seemed really informative. He was really kind. I was watching like before this, way before this, I was watching videos of him at conventions, and he'd be like acknowledging fans and being funny. And I was like, wow, this is this guy's really cool. I like. I hope this guy goes to bigger places. Turns out, now nah, he's sinking with the ship. Yeah. You know, I, you, you never know. So you know, it could be worse. He could be like a serial killer, but. Uh, thankfully, it's not that, but still, it's pretty bad, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like you, just, you never know with with people online. Like, they're wearing a mask, you know. Yeah. And you don't know. Some some people let them let other people in. Maybe they'll have like they'll show elements of the personal life in vlogs. But even then, like they could just be putting on a show. Exactly. So it's just like you just never know what people are. Yep. And here we are doing this podcast for people to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I could be a serial killer. You don't know that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I could be helping you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe I'm playing Hitman for real. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, you know, we, Elise and I and Jordan, we always try to, you know, put the fine line between um, our our podcast selves, our personal selves, and, you know, everything in between that because, you know, not everything needs to be spilled out in front of everyone. And I think that's the best way when you're dealing with a lot of people is um, to just, you know, gauge the audience and kind of understand that not not everything needs to be said about your personal life. You don't have to talk about everything, you know. Like the Rooster Teeth podcast is a really good example of this, where they they talk about their work, work culture lives and stuff in their personal lives, but they don't go too detailed into it. Sometimes they do, yeah. but then sometimes they're just like, eh, like you know, like whatever. Like you know, the, they'll say whatever they want, but then I'm sure there's a part of them that's also holding back. Yeah, yeah, and there's sometimes people run into scandals or issues like uh what's that guy's name uh dr disrespect yeah you heard of that guy <laughs> yeah yeah there yeah. was an issue where like he admitted to cheating on his wife right and things like and for that kind of thing i would say that's his personal business you know if you right like, it's messed up and i don't agree with like cheating on your significant other but i feel like that's a personal thing separate from his work and it's like all right he can deal with that and you know if he feels sorry for it and he's making amends and whatever you know like he can keep his work separate but like for pro jared when he's actively like abusing his power because of his job and like you know sending stuff to minors and things like that then that that's again that crosses a line that i that's i think that's different you know where it's like you shouldn't support this guy because he's abusing his power as an influencer and doing all that. and like the fact that he did messed up stuff or abused his wife that's messed up too right and that's pretty bad um but yeah like the fact that he's doing some things because of his position as as a creator and as an influencer and as, as an internet personality uh that he's using that position to do it that's 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 even more messed up and that's why i don't think stuff like that should be supported no, I I 100% agree or, with you. Like, people that do that kind of stuff shouldn't be supported. Yeah, you know, and kind of to the close it out, uh, I've seen it done like really in, in in like a better way where where creators influencers will say like, "Hey, just want to let you guys know like on Twitter or whatever." They'll be like, "Hey, I just want to let you guys know that uh, I'm going through some tough times." Like they don't have to say exactly what it is and just be like, "I'm going through some tough times, so my content might suffer a little bit or I might seem a little down, but hey, don't worry about it." Like these things will pass or they'll say like outright like oh my my girlfriend broke up with me or i'm getting a divorce yeah um, and so i just want you guys to know that this is happening in my life because um yeah yeah you, you guys might see like intervals between my videos or my content might suffer a little bit and i might be in a bad mood but just understand that this is something that's going through my life and i and i want to uh I want you guys to respect my personal space. I've seen people do that. And I think that's a lot better than being like, oh, hey, uh, I, my, I'm getting a divorce and anything you hear from her should not be taken with a lot of credit because it's not real. 
that's that's basically what Jared was saying on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, when you're targeting another person and saying stuff about them, then that makes things even more complicated and kind of sketchy because it's like, why? Are you, what are you hiding? Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. He just went about it like he did stupid things, and he got caught and revealed to be doing stupid things, and he handled them stupidly. So yeah, he hasn't said anything. So it's all it, all the evidence came out. His wife was saying everything, and he hasn't said anything on social media or any or everywhere. So you know, I'm I'm she's doing the right move by not saying anything and not trying to like put the fire out. But still, like everyone knows that he's fucked, and I'm pretty sure he knows that he's fucked. Yep, you know so. that's he built his whole career on you know, people liking him, so <laughs> that seems to be all crumbling down. Mm. But oh well, again, what an idiot. But. Yep. Well, I mean, I won't be watching his videos, and I'll probably un- unsubscribe from all his stuff too, just so that you know, just to vote with my vote with my my uh, my views or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was kind of rough those last two ones are kind of rough so we're going to move on to questions and comments which are a lot more fun Uh so we have one comment and one question this week so from downtime podcast episode 99 ps5 ray tracing is a flex podcast johnny wellman on our youtube says lol no kid is going to ever no kid is going to bother with discs they're all digital and uh kind of some context for you jordan what he means by that is during that podcast episode elisa and i were wondering if the PS5, when it comes out, will either have a disc tray or not. Um, it turned out th- that it will have a disc tray. Uh-huh. I think that's the news that came out. Um, and uh, would most parents either buy games physically for their child- children or just do the digital store download? And Elisa said that... Um, Elisa and I both agreed that it's kind of a little bit of both. Because yeah. in the far future, if there are no discs or if discs still exist... Um, you're going to have the people that grew up in our generation being like, oh, I want to touch a physical disc because like for some people, it's like when they buy it at the store and they hold it, they kind of feel like it's their property. Yeah. As opposed to like a digital game, which could be like removed for, at any point for whatever reason. Um, uh, but then there are some people that are just lazy and they're like, you know what? I just want everything on one. I want everything digital on my system. For, yeah. for example, for me and my Switch, like I just want everything digital because I don't want to have to deal with putting like the cartridges in and out. And also yeah. because they're really small and I might lose it. Uh, with discs, it's kind of different. So like with my PS4, I prefer just disc, disc games unless I can't get it on disc form. Or if I'm or if there's a game that I'm like, you know what? I don't want to buy a disc for this because I ran out of space. Then I'll buy it. So for, P, for me, PS4 is kind of hybrid. Well, where ex- for some for another example is like the GameCube. I don't really have a choice. So yeah, I well, yeah, but that's older. Um, right. Yeah, I think I, I think it's okay for them to have the disc drive because again, you still have this older audience right. that that uses discs. But I do think that over time, you know, uh, everything will eventually become digital or we'll right. get close to that where most things are digital. Um, because again, you have this new generation of kids who are growing up on you know games like Fortnite, where there's no you don't buy the physical copy of Fortnite, you just download it, right? And so yeah. it's like, and, and same with like mobile games, like mobile games, you just download them. You don't buy a physical chip or anything like that. So I won't be surprised if kids growing up in this era where a lot, a lot of things are digital, including like, like movies and mm-hmm, shows and mm-hmm, on demand now, mm-hmm. it's all streaming and digital. Yeah. Like the new generation growing up will get so used to that, that they'll be like, you know, discs are old school, discs are archaic. And yeah. most people later on, generations down the road won't care about discs so i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if like down the road everything all video games in general are just all digital i mean that's how we i mean we as like the our generation feel about like uh records 
Yeah. You know, like, oh, like, these are huge things, but our parents... We they have like a whole boxes full of them. Like, oh, these are great, and we're just like, why would yeah, you have that? I think it's a nostalgia thing. It's not practical, you know. Absolutely, but not. it's just a nostalgia thing. And then if you think about it, discs, even though it means a lot to us and our generation, and older generations, like it technically, if you think about it, it's not that practical. Like having it take up physical space, especially if you're someone who lives in a small apartment or whatever, right? And you don't have a lot of room to collect things. Um, it does make a lot of sense to just make it digital, and you get cloud saves and things like that. And there's some benefits to having things that are digital, but. Yeah, like, I think in terms of the practicality of it and uh, the convenience, uh, it's, you know, everything will eventually go digital. Yeah, um, there you go, Johnny. I hope that answered your question because, like, you know, with the introduction of things like the Xbox One S, like, digital, all digital edition, where yeah. it's, like, there's no disc tray, it's just an Xbox One with no disc tray. Yes, children will growing up will either get used to, you know, putting discs in or like you know or or combination of both digital and discs or they'll just be used to doing digital i mean there you'll have the parents that are just like so lazy they're like why would i go to the store and buy it when i could just get yeah, it at home I'm, I'm sure some will like i'm older parents i guess might right, be more right, familiar right. with the concept of buying it from gamestop because they might not know like it depends on how tech savvy the parents are right you know yeah exactly um but yeah like a parent who is more tech savvy might just be like hey i'll just i'll just give you a download code and right. you can just download it because it's easier and you can yeah. get it instantly those are the parents that have like more, uh, more ex- disposable income. But then like you also yeah. have the parents that are pretty frugal that are like, hey, the physical version of GameStop is used, which is cheaper. Or you can go to Target and buy it for like fifteen percent off. You know, yeah. With yeah. like the physical versions will always be cheaper in some sense than the than the digital versions because the digital versions there will always be a fixed price. For example, some Nintendo games used are of course going to be a lot cheaper than the ones that are new on the store because you can't buy a new used digital game you know yeah you can't buy a used digital game on the yeah because you can't resell it exactly so you know you'll you'll have the the frugal parents you'll have like the smarter parents that kind of want like a a sale but if they can't get that then they're just like you know what if i'm gonna buy it full price i'll just buy it digital you know yeah yeah Um, yeah and i think again as the generations go down the line uh the people the parents will be more tech savvy uh, to a certain extent so I th- again, right. I think they'll be more familiar with the idea of buying a digital. My my other argument for this was, um, you know, I don't think that the PS4 or any PlayStation for the near future, at least, is going to have just a hard drive edition. They're going to have a disc and a hard drive edition uh-huh. because PlayStation Sony is a Japanese company, and yeah. Japanese people love to collect things. They yeah. love to collect physical discs and like to see something physical and hold it and touch it. That's why if you go to a camera store in Japan or, or like electronic store, they always have it out on the shelf for you to hold and touch and look at. So you, you know what you're getting before you buy it, yeah. which I really like a lot, you know, and that's just part of the culture of Japan. Uh-huh. Um, so that's why I don't think that discs are ever going to go away when it comes to the PlayStation, because that's just how the game how gamers and uh how gamers in japan function and of course the playstation has a huge following in the west but still in japan it's it's a huge feature um that's why xbox can be like oh yeah we're just gonna come out with a digital version because they're an american company they know what american audiences want but i wouldn't be surprised if they had like different versions per region where they're like oh now like like later down the road they're like oh the japanese version has a disc drive but then the ones that we released in europe and uh, in the Americas, doesn't you know? Like, I right? Yeah. Surprised if they had different versions. Of then it Nintendo, Nintendo did that with uh, uh, iteration of the Wii at the end of its lifespan. It was like a fifty dollars Wii that you could buy only in Canada and the United States at like a Target or something. Yeah. And it had no disc drive. It was like it was so light. It just had like an internal like hard drive 
and then that's it. Like there's no disk drive or something. Yeah. I think or did it have a disk drive? I forget. But like it was a Wii or something or something like that. Wii U. I think it was a Wii U without a disk drive. I could be wrong. Someone someone will correct me. But uh, yeah. So uh, Johnny, I hope that answered your question. Thanks for your comment. Um, so the last question that we have uh, is from our Discord. Kev Claus says, "Which Sonic Adventure do you like better?" Okay. Um, ah, that's tough. Yeah, um, so I'm gonna count Sonic Heroes as part of this because okay. it is Sonic Adventure Three. Yeah. Um, okay. For me, I'm gonna rank it three, two, one. I like one the most because I like the hub world. I, and when I played the demo at like CompUSA or like Toys R Us or something, I remember being so fascinated by it. I was like, wow, you, there's so many different characters, there's so many different play styles. Um, like. You can you can go back and find little secrets. Uh, the music was really good. I like the hub world aspect of it and yeah. traveling between places. Um, I didn't really care about the Chow, the Chow Garden and both. Um, the biggest reason why I would say that I like one over two more is because I, I just I think I like the story more in one. Um, I thought the characters uh, were a little bit more interesting at least for this part of it because each I mentioned this in the last podcast for DX um, each. Uh, character in Sonic Adventure 1 like had their own story and gameplay style uh-huh. and then they would like cross paths like MCU style with other characters you're like oh shit like they were in the same place at the same time that's so cool yeah, yeah, yeah. so you could see like different t- like different perspectives uh, and you could be uh, Tails when someone's playing as Sonic yeah see that that was cool and in Sonic Adventure 2 you can't do that because Tails is in a, a robot yeah so. he's a separate character yeah and for me, the reason why I didn't pick two over one is because I don't like the linearity of two, even though two has a lot of replay value when it comes to levels, because there's like alternate stuff you could do. Uh-huh. You had to like collect the chow garden keys, collected a bunch of different animals for your chows. There's a whole like other separate chow game that you can do. Um, I just didn't, I didn't, I don't really like two's like linearity. Um, also the voice acting was kind of weird. The, the, the CGI cutscenes are a little weird. You know, the part where they're like flying off in the jet towards the moon base and they're like, yeah. well, what's that? And they're like all the voiceover like jumbles over each other. And sometimes the, the voice doesn't go with the mouth properly, but yeah, one also yeah. suffers from that too. Yeah. But one is a lot more meany than two. I yeah. Think. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I could rank them. I, I, I would say Sonic Heroes is definitely the bottom one for yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, it wasn't a terrible game, um, but you know, I de- definitely wouldn't say it's on the same level. I would say, uh, I would put one and two in the same ranking for me, but sure. for different reasons. Like, uh, gameplay wise, I actually like two better. I feel like the game, the actual gameplay plays better. And nice. I like the more variety, uh, especially the knuckle segments I thought were better in two. Um, um, and then, you know, same with, like, level design. I feel like the level design in 2 is a lot cooler and had more yeah. stuff. Um, I, but I do, same with you, I, I do like the open world of the first one. Yeah. Um, and I do think the story, overall story, is more interesting. Um, but then I think for 2, also the music is more iconic for 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so there's, there's elements I like of both, so I don't know if I could really pick uh, which one was better. But definitely 1 and 2 are both uh really nostalgic for me and then mm-hmm. heroes is it's all right but it definitely isn't the same as uh the first two sonic adventures yeah there also is no perfect sonic game let me just put that out there uh maybe with the exception of mania i played mania and i was like i didn't finish it but i was like wow this is actually a really good sonic game yeah but that was like designed by fans right yeah i mean well 
with the publisher Sega, so like it is an official Sega game, but yes, it was not developed by the the core Sega team initially, and it didn't involve Yuji Naka, the creator of Sonic, in in any way, except for like a, in a consulting role. But um, yeah, I mean, there's no perfect. Let me go back and say like I don't think there's any perfect Sonic game that was made by Sonic Team. Yeah, because all of them have flaws in a certain way. Like Sonic Adventure has weird like cutscenes that the the the, the audio is kind and of. And you off. have big the cat segments. That yeah, not, like I wasn't that big of a fan of. Yeah, pun intended. But and you yeah, can like, easily run off the stage as yes. Sonic in both one and two. And Sonic Heroes had the whole three player mechanic that I didn't like at all. And yeah, you know, there's Sonic and the Black Knight that we're not going to talk about. And the Dude, I I dropped off after Sonic Heroes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of them were apparently were like had so many design yeah. flaws and glitches and just like they didn't spend clearly they didn't spend enough time testing it or playing it <laughs> a good example is sonic 06 with long loading times and really really bad glitches yeah like people <laughs> could get glitched into other sides of the map or like yeah. they would get stun locked in boss battles and they couldn't get yeah. past a certain part and it's just like yeah. i don't know what they're doing even even doing. uh even the the solo game shadow of the hedgehog was also kind of weird yeah, that was really like, <laughs> super the, edgy the, there's some cool parts to that because it had like uh what do you call it like a branching storyline alternate endings yeah alternate endings and different branches and it would show you the branches that you unlocked that's kind of cool but like i don't know it was a little too cringy for me it was, it was too edgy it was like it was too it was more hot topic than hot topic yeah they're like let's let's make a game with shadow and they're like oh but wouldn't it just be sonic it wouldn't it just be a sonic game but like yeah but let's give them guns <gasps> that's such like, a good idea oh, I, don't know. I don't know it was they were yeah. trying real too 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 hard yeah i mean that. yeah it, it came out it was born out of the fact that someone wanted to see sonic holding a gun and they're like you know sonic can't hold a gun so they didn't say no they're like sonic can't hold a gun Shadow can hold a gun. <laughs> so they're just like, we're going to put this on the table for later. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, I, again, like, I hope that this answers your question, Kev, because we, we we grew up playing a lot of Sonic games, but we. Yeah. Ever we since, didn't like, have, the Genesis. We don't have a favorite one because we, I mean, I don't have a favorite one in particular. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Like, I, like, I assume most fans like, I, I like the Sonic franchise, and, you know, like, I've played a lot of the older games, and I think they're fun, and I think it's really cool, and I want to, I, I hope that they can be successful later on and do better things with it, but it definitely has gone, like, I, I definitely recognize that it's gone downhill. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, I don't know what they're doing with it. Yeah, well, like you, after, after Heroes, I kind of dropped off, then I, I played a little bit of Sonic, Shadow the Hedgehog, and I didn't like it, and then... Uh, after that, you know, a bunch of other Sonic games came out, and I p- bought and played Generations, and I thought that was a really, really good game, but it yeah. still has a lot of flaws. Yeah. Um, Sonic Generations is like the culmination of every single Sonic game before it into one game where he like there's like a whole like time travel segment where old Sonic meets new Sonic, and it's like wow, this is so cool. And yeah, they had like a bunch of levels that were remastered. The, the music was remastered. So you got That's a new cool. version of city escape in both like a techno EDM style for old Sonic and then like a modern rock remastered version for uh, modern Sonic. So I was like, wow, this is really cool. And green Hill zone as modern Sonic is probably the best level, which is also the first level. So yeah. Um, again, there's no perfect Sonic game in my eyes. I just think that every, every single Sonic game is flawed in some way and I can never have a favorite because of that. Yeah. But, you know, I again, I hope that they f- fix whatever it is they're doing and they come out with another good, like, 3D Sonic game. So, yeah, we'll see. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Kev, for your question. That was awesome. All right. Um, so if, if you want to 
contact us you can go to www.downtime.live check out our blog you can um, click on the contact page and send us um, a, co- a comment or question and we'll read it on the podcast if you don't want to do any of that you can go to contact well sorry you can send us an email at contact at downtime.live send us an email with a comment or question we'll also read it on the podcast leave a comment or question on any of our youtube videos um, we'll read it on the podcast you can leave us a review on itunes you can leave us a comment on stitcher just anywhere that we have the podcast on you can leave us a comment or a question you can join our Discord. We have a small Discord community that's slowly building up. Um, if you go to our website, downtime.live, you go to the left-hand side, scroll down, click on the word community. There will be an invite link to join our Discord. You don't need to make an account, but I do ask that you do make an account and wait at least five minutes, five to ten minutes for you to validate, and you can join our Discord during a discussion. Talk to us. We can, That's the best way to reach Elisa and I directly. We talk about everything from memes to video game music to anime to stuff that are about game cubes uh we're planning game nights um so yeah uh join our discord we love to hear from you guys we love talking to you guys so uh yeah anything else to add jordan uh no that's it cool all right everyone thanks for listening to the 101st episode of Dentime podcast have a good night all right night <laughs>